Lobotomy of a Serial Killer by Jake Fitzpatrick as Lou Blue. My dreams last night were not as sticky as usual. As I dreamt, a tidy bowl of pasta and pesto swam down my vanilla body's gentle stream. A cacophonous bodily orchestra indicated the food was nearing the end of its dark, mysterious journey. A present awaited my commitment. In my dream, I was sitting in front of the edged telly, mindlessly flicking until something interested me. Flick, flock, tick, tock, mick, rock. The thing of interest pricked me at quarter to three. Set to the tune of a skinny pink pop star with nothing to say, it was the lobotomy of serial killer, Sharon Millay. She was a bit minky and appeared slightly dead. She'd resigned to her fate, but her face did not appear flushed with sullen dread. She knew her photo would be plastered across history's sticky page. She readied for it in her overpressed mugshot knowing it would be printed across glossy books and merchandise ranges where children could draw using pencils of her. She knew documentaries would be made of her life, where those she met in passing once or twice would reveal salacious details of who they knew she was and why her crimes were that much more shocking to them. She knew she would become part of the school curriculum where children would be learning of her in accord with one plus one. Death might be claiming her, but she knew she would be just fine in the end. The show was structured like reality TV, like a mix-up of botched and real housewives. A fine blade of escapism, of worries different to ours. All I wanted was sleep, but this lobotomy had riveted me to no return. The team were trying to find evil's root cause. It was a noble venture but I didn't appreciate the audience's bellowing applause. This woman is a serial killer. I don't care how fluffy she appears. There's no excuse for brutally killing nine people over the course of seven years. These days, my body was falling apart and I wondered of its construction. I had researched for a body manual online, but found nothing. I wish bodies had instructions like dolls. It would save the daily hassle and bustle. It was a politely nightmospheric scene. I almost felt caught in an awful dream. A plucky interviewer by the name of Strawberry Zaza interviewed her before on a toasted cinnamon set. She had the chin of a truckie, but the heart of a home brand marshmallow. She had eyes of hot chocolate in winter. And when she spoke, it felt like a shower with a partner after a long, cold working day. Sharon appeared excited. She wanted death now. I couldn't believe this. She even took a quick bow. She didn't have that much to say, but it was blatantly apparent that she did not want to stay. She embraced death, and I thought this commendable. She talked of the calm washing over her body. She was existing in a pleasant garden where few of us choose to go. She could do anything to herself and not face consequences. She could eat a Big Mac or two and not pay the price. She could walk into a supermarket or hardware store and not be nice. After she died and when they cut in, it was all a bit much for me. Blood dripped out of her stomach like chunky cheese fondue. Her brain glunged like a poor symphony. The audience clapped like a West End production. The adverts in between seemed slightly misplaced. 
One advertised the sandals that Sharon's dead body was wearing. The next talked of chunk birthday cakes, punctuated by lots of swearing. By the time the lobotomy was done, they had not found evil. I had shot down four drinks by then. The verdict by the end of the program was not to hurt people. I switched off the TV. I felt robbed of my low ticking time. As I fell into bed, thoughts swirled my mind. I kick walls when I'm sad. I drink when I'm glad. I'm not a serial killer with gnarly flashing teeth. I'm a normal fella who sometimes gives people grief. I roll my eyes if you tell me what to do, but don't be afraid. I'll be mostly nice to you. My eyes shut. I finally fell asleep.